This is Hearts of Oak Podcast. Free speech, religious disagreement, children's rights, and open and free discussion on any topic are bedrock to a democratic free society, and we seek to promote and champion these basic rights. Join us. Let's keep the conversation going. David Corpin, great to have you back with us. Last time you were with us, it was about 15-minute cities in Oxford, so thanks so much for jumping on and giving us the update of what's happened to you today. Yes, yes, a very entertaining day today. I had a call at uh, 10 o'clock about uh, an article that was posted in the Oxford Mail about four Facebook posts that I posted historically, maybe six to 12 months ago. And they were obviously deemed uh, offensive enough. I mean, having said that, everything is completely within the law. Uh, It didn't go against Facebook's community standards. And, you know, we have a constitution which suggests that we have freedom of expression and so on. And whenever I post anything, yes, it it might be uh, a little bit bit harsh. But having said that, I always make sure it's well within Anyway, I got a call at 10 o'clock this morning to suggest that, you know, this this article had gone out and that that was it. I was no longer a parliamentary candidate. And then about an hour after that, I started getting phone calls from friends of mine who were around me and suggested that this had also been on GB News. So what an interesting way to let somebody go as part of a a news story on on GB News. Well, let's bring up. This is uh, Richard Tice. Um, uh, I will hold back from my personal thoughts because this is about you and I'll not jump in. Um, and he said, he's done. Richard Tice, Saks Reform UK candidate, live on air after inappropriate social media posts. Um, and he did this and said he was kind of tough and would make tough decisions whenever uh, it was needed. Um, I, the two posts they had on, Europe... Um, calling it a, a fascist and you'd put uh, swastikas around for the stars. That's that's what we all thought, and that's why we fought for Brexit, because we wanted to be rid of that. And the other one on pride being pushed down. And we're all sick and tired of the pride agenda being forced upon us. I thought there were two perfectly fine tweets. Yeah, I guess the moment you put a swastika on something, it's going to press somebody's buttons, isn't it? But what, what I was doing was I was saying Happy Europe Day, and uh, but rejects uh, this totalitarian dictatorship because ultimately we know that the European Union, yes, you can vote in MEPs, but none of those MEPs can put forward any sort of legislation when we were part of it. So just reject the governmental body, but we all support European people. And then the second one was because we no longer have Pride Days, we now have Pride Months, was celebrating the fact that the thing had, had come to an end finally. So surely we we should be able to celebrate the 11 11 months of the year where we don't have it. Well, sadly, David, we have Pride Year, which I think we've learned to (laughs) have have to accept. But you've been with Reform, one of the the smaller parties that actually is is getting getting traction. Um, And you've been with them for what? Well, you were with UKIP. And then, of course, UKIP has achieved the goal of Brexit in name only, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then Reform has sprung up, being the Brexit party, um, and you joined Reform. How long have you been a member of Reform? And how long have you kind of been a candidate? Uh, about three years. 
So uh, when I joined Reform, they didn't really have any form of manifesto. They didn't really have any policy. So that they was working that for 12 months. Then they got their manifesto. And then there was just something to, to sell to the, the general public. The, the main selling point, of course, is, is against the, the boats uh, and immigration because that is affecting people hugely now and we're looking at sort of net numbers of a million people coming to the country every year so that would be their biggest selling point and then the, the second thing was around the economy well i mean this it is around the economy and actually these posts i think signify my issue with reform is that they will not engage on the culture debate the culture wars that we're having it's about fiscal policy saving half a p off an income tax um but here let's promote pride so th that's where i have the issue that actually um th the culture wars is where people are at you talk to parents schools that sort of thing um so questioning pride should be actually common sense because that's pushing back against the woke agenda which in theory richard ty should be about it should be about that. It does seem that they're just another mainstream party now in that they've never really had a moral base and they've never really set out to, to fight the, the social type wars. Uh, and as we can see here, they're, they're actually siding with all the other political parties on these type of agendas. Now, with UKIP, what would have happened? And UKIP had their own controversies with many candidates. Uh, but my understanding, and it's been a while ago, is that, you know, you would um, maybe suspend a candidate, then you might look into it. Uh, but this seems to be an article out, 10 o'clock, Richard Tice on GP News, minutes later, and it's done and dusted, he's gone. Uh, and to me, that's not leadership, that's just knee-jerk reaction. Yeah, it's certainly a strange way to go about it. I mean, even if you took the view that the decision was made at 10 o'clock in the morning, they went ahead with it, then to put it on GB News, that is the strange part. Because if you were to sack anybody in any line of business, you'd generally take him to one side and it would be all done very quietly. So, yes, there's, there's no real process in place here. And it demonstrates that they're a new party. And uh, I think Richard Tice, he needs to, to look stronger than he, he really is. And maybe that was the motivation behind it. Well, I guess he's always looking over his shoulder, uh, trying to be a Nigel Farage, which is not possible, Richard. You can't be. But tell us, I mean, why did you go in with reform? Because I think some of us have sat on the sidelines. I've sat on the sidelines. and But then I've been involved in media in a different world. Um, you jump back into politics. I mean, tell us why you made the step straight back into reform and what attracted you about reform in the first place. Yeah, reform is a bit of a difficult case in that it's it's outside the mainstream parties and it is the biggest of the, the smaller parties, if you like. When UKIP collapsed, a lot of people uh, moved away from UKIP and went to reform. The problem is that they building the party from scratch, it needs an identity. And its identity has always been around those two things, immigration and uh, the, the financial aspects of the country and the economy. The moment it, deals with any social type issues it falls apart it simply does not have a moral base and i have had a lot of uh, call today i've had a lot of support my 
Twitter feeds, you know, where the number of Twitter followers up has just gone up and this sort of thing. An awful lot of support saying exactly the same thing. Look, there are millions of us out here. You, you did nothing really that was wrong. It might be politically incorrect, but it wasn't wrong. And there are millions of us out here that we want somebody to vote for. And reformer just demonstrated that they haven't got it. Because if reform are not there, uh, reclaim or uh, not certainly not pony at the same level. Uh, they haven't matched uh, reform success. So, I mean, my frustration as a Brit is it leaves us in a bad situation because we don't seem to have a populist party that will engage on these issues. Is that your um, kind of assessment of where we are? I think that's as proved correct today that we simply don't have uh, a serious political party that can deal with the social issues facing this country. And outside of reform, which are polling probably at 12 or 13 percent now, you, you know, you're looking at very, very small parties. So uh, the mainstream parties, which would include, of course, the, the Tories, Lib Dems, Labour Party, also the Greens, they're all woke. It looks like uh, reform has gone the same way. And the people want to push back, you know, they, they want to be able to, to question this transgender type politic. And what reform have proved is they're not prepared to take on those sort of questions. And one of the other issues, and, and for US audience, and this is just a, a short catch up with you, but for US audience, um, we will have an election and probably go from the so-called Conservative Party, the Tories to Labour, uh, which will mean probably not much difference because we've had that woke agenda in a Tory leadership over over 14 years. Um, so it it actually leaves a a a massive gap. And I'm wondering, as you step back, because you've been on the UKIP treadmill into reform, um, this is maybe the beginning of a chance to actually step back and um, and look at it. And how do you see, and um, what is your assessment as someone who's been involved in politics for many, many years? Um, can, what is your assessment of actually where we are currently in the UK? I think we're in a lot of trouble. I mean, if, if you look at uh, our debt to GDP, which is 100%, we've got 2.6 trillion sterling of debt. I know the US is, uh, is, is even worse than that. And then further to that, we have all the social issues, we have the immigration issues. Everywhere you look, there's trouble. The NHS, which is our mechanism of keeping people healthy, you can't see a doctor for love nor money. There's you know huge uh, backlog of, of people. Every aspect of our system now is broken. Our uh, schools are not looking in, in good shape. Uh, and there's no political parties to challenge any of this. And I, when I saw that clip, I thought, wow, yours. I mean, I I know what it's like to run as a candidate, local, uh, general, and European, and it is a hell of a lot of hard work. You're knocking, knocking, um, getting abuse from many people, going to strange places, but uh, you're out there because you believe in the message and you want change, and you've been there as well. Um, and for the party hierarchy to treat its candidates like that, um, I mean tells you a thing or two, I guess, about Richard Tice. Well, I think it does. I mean, around me, you see, that the, the first people who were calling me today were the people that have assisted in leafleting, uh, campaigning. You know, they've, they've put a lot of effort in, uh, a lot of time in. Some of them put a lot of money in too. Uh, and then 
all of that is thrown away with with one phone call and one TV. Oh, it really is. I, actually, it made me think of GP News. I was you'd expect kind of this sort of thing maybe elsewhere, but then you look at GP News and they're after people who are opposing pride and opposing totalitarianism in Europe. Um, and I think the um, I've forgotten his name, but the um, the the presenter um, who I believe is gay kind of then linked that a little bit. And I think, no, Pride, I mean, I've had, right, said Fred on talking about Pride Month and how they said, this is not my Pride. This is something different. This is an agenda and something bigger. Um, and I thought GP News would be smarter enough to make the distinction between a personal lifestyle and a political agenda, but I guess not. Well, that, that's exactly the case, isn't it? So people are emotionally engaged with whether it's the European Union, whether it's pride. So these are all government institutions like the NHS. And what they, they seem to forget is that the private individual goes about their life as, as they choose, as long as it's within the law. They don't need to follow uh, politicized ideologies. And it seems that GP New has got, has got themselves tangled up in this, as has reform. 100%. My, my last thought to you, David, is um, when you wake up, you don't expect this. And I've talked to many individuals that suddenly find themselves splashed across the news. They might, wasn't expecting that when I got up this morning, I had my cup of coffee and, and piece of toast. But um, kind of what about all this has happened, obviously, this morning um, and followed on in the afternoon. Um, kind of how do you look at it? personally, because you want to be engaged, you want to play a part, and that's why you got involved in politics. It wasn't fame and fortune, it was to make a difference. So um, where does that kind of leave you? Well, I've got lots and lots of uh, positive messages today, which I wasn't really uh, expecting. Uh, and as you know, we have a little organization called Winston Smith's Review, and we uh, host debates. And uh, we've got about half a dozen of those going to happen this year. So I will continue with freedom of expression and freedom of speech and bringing that to the marketplace. And we'll, uh, I'll be doing some speaking myself and we'll be bringing in some guests as well. I look forward to that. And I loved Rice Said Fred whenever I was there a few months ago. So bring it on. The regular, the more regular, the better. David, I appreciate you coming on. Obviously, that is your Twitter handle um, on screen. People can follow you uh, and catch up with you. And I'm looking forward to uh, where you go from this because I know you're not an individual to to get knocked down. Um, you've got strong opinions and that's exactly what we need in this space. So thanks so much for coming on, sharing your thoughts, David. Thank you. If you like what we do, sign up to our mailing list, donate, share, and subscribe to our many platforms at heartsofvoke.org. Thank you for listening.